Welcome to the Bar Hacks Podcast. Engaging interviews, plus tips and strategies to navigate your bar or restaurant business towards sustainable success. Now, here's your host, hospitality industry veteran, journalist, and editor, David Klempt. Hey, welcome back to the Bar Hacks Podcast. I hope you're well. We have a very unique brand that we're talking to today. We have Neil Grosscup, the CEO and master blender of Tanteo Tequila, and he is calling in from Brooklyn. How's it going? Doing very well. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. So before we start, can you share the Tanteo social, the website, your social? For sure. So you can follow Tanteo on Instagram at Tanteo Tequila. That's spelled T-A-N-T-E-O Tequila. We're very active on our Instagram, a lot of great cocktail recipes and, and other content about the brand. Uh, you can follow me at Neil the Real Deal. I was, a, I was an early adopter to in, Instagram, so I, I got a, a pretty coveted uh, name there. Uh, although I am not that active, uh, you're going to see mostly photos of my daughter on, uh, on my Instagram. So you had an interesting journey through hospitality and spirits. So can you share mm-hmm. a bit of that before Tanteo? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was a I was a competitive runner in high school and college. Originally from the Midwest, grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and went out to Georgetown University to run on their track team. Uh, Georgetown is is one of the oldest is the oldest Catholic university in America, and I thought I was going to uh, kind of have my rumspringer in in college where uh, I go and, and and run and have a little bit of fun. But then I was going to enter the seminary and become a Jesuit priest after school. My senior year of college, I had a pretty, pretty big change of heart and decided that wasn't for me, that I wanted to have a family and, and, and go in a very different direction. So, you know, I was always attracted to the, the priesthood. I had this kind of idea of it being a very hospitable profession, that uh, you have a church where uh, you have this congregation, whether it's, you know, Sunday fish bakes or Friday fish bakes or, 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 or soup dinners or whatever it is, but people are coming together. And uh, I like bringing people together. So I took a, went from one spirit to another and, and jumped into the booze business. I moved up to New York. My first uh, job right out of college, I was a, a bar back at a nightclub in Manhattan's uh, meatpacking district. Uh, grew up to become a, you know, a bartender there and the beverage director. Did that by night and by day, I worked for a beer distributor in, in New York's East Village. So selling beer, uh, working both on the, uh, at, at the bar and then also uh, selling booze uh, during the day. And then you ended up with Tanteo. And I think when people hear CEO, they assume that you founded the company, um, which is not the case. You mm-hmm. took a different route, if you'd like to share that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there were two founders of Tanteo, Jonathan Rajeski and David Campbell. And they started the company in 2007, really with this vision of creating the perfect spicy tequila for the perfect spicy margarita. They, in the early years, they had developed a product. They had built a partnership with our original distillery, which is not the distillery that we're currently uh, working with. And uh, I came on in, in late 2009. At that time, uh, the nightclub I was working for had, had gone under. And uh, I had a, a part-time job with Pernod Ricard's uh, events marketing arm called Legacy Marketing Partners. And I had some extra capacity, um, a, a lot of, men- of extra mental capacity. I had a pretty sweet job with Pernod. I was the, the Chivas Regal 
brand ambassador. And we had a program where I would just kind of hang out at bars and buy people shivis. But uh, it was it was a fun job, but it wasn't intellectually that stimulating. And I had a lot of time during the day. So I ended up coming to Tanteo as an unpaid intern uh, for two weeks. I found the job on Craigslist, actually. And uh, <laughs> which a lot of a lot of good things in my life I found on Craigslist. I think every single uh, apartment I lived in in New York, and, and, I, and I think it's probably a little different than it was uh, from the last time I, I, I was searching for a, an apartment. But a lot of good things I found on Craigslist, as, as well as my, uh, you know, my my baby here now in Tanteo. So started out as an unpaid intern. Uh, I was the first uh, person in the office outside of the two founders and very quickly uh, was promoted to the director of operations. So it was a small company, two full-time people at the time, uh, and they were both founders. So everybody got a fancy title uh, at that point. And uh, day one, I was, you know, after, after those two weeks, even on, uh, in the two weeks of the internship, I was already going out, uh, hitting the street, selling Tanteo, leaning on some of my contacts from my bar days and, and my time in the beer industry. So a lot of beverage brands, and brands in general would probably not like to admit that maybe they were on the wrong path and maybe mm-hmm. they face a lack of confidence from distributors. And you've said that that happened and you had to overcome that. So as CEO, how did you overcome some of the challenges and correct the course for Tanteo? So the company was founded in 2007 with this promise of, of making the perfect spicy tequila for the perfect spicy margarita. And in 2007, the craft cocktail scene was nowhere near where it is today. And, and spicy margaritas were definitely nowhere near where they, were, uh, where they are today. Uh, so when we started the company, we were worried that spice was going to be off-putting for a lot of consumers. So we didn't launch uh, with one, but with three tequilas. Uh, our original expressions, we had a, a fruity, tropical fruit tequila that had mango, pineapple, and guanabana in it. And then we also had a, a chocolate tequila that we called Tanteo Coco. Both were delicious, but ultimately our business was really about spicy margaritas. So when we came on early, I think we were a little bit too early to the spicy margarita game. And we tried to do too many things that probably also diluted that message a bit. And then on top of that, I think we were pretty impatient. We wanted to grow fast. Uh, we wanted to take over the world on, on day one. And trends in the liquor business, they just, they just don't move that fast. And I think we were, we were a little bit too early. So we came out, we, we, we got distribution with a lot of, of major distribution partners uh, and, and had, gone, had, had gone big. But unfortunately, we did it a few years too early and, and the demand wasn't quite there. On top of that, uh, we had a tragedy in 2013. My late business partner, Jonathan Rojeski, who was the former CEO of the company, he unexpectedly passed away. And uh, it was a, a tragic accident. He was a young guy at, at 40 years of age. And, and in his passing, um, the group of investors came together and, and said, uh, you know, Neil, you're, you've been Jonathan's right-hand man for the last few years. At that point, I was the chief operating officer of the company, and uh, we want you to go and step into the, the CEO role. And when that happened, uh, one of the early things I did was, it was a few years later, uh, Spicy Margaritas were continuing to, to gain some traction. And we decided at that point to really refocus our efforts on 
making the best spicy tequila for the perfect spicy margarita. And we got really laser focused on that. So we discontinued the cocoa and the tropical skews. Two years later, uh, we, we were, I think we're going to get into it hopefully a little bit later, talking about our cooperative of agave growers that we've partnered with to, to make Tanteo, but we changed distilleries uh, to, to, to uh, really continue to fulfill that mission of making the perfect spicy tequila for the perfect spicy margarita. And starting as an intern and then at a startup and then eventually becoming CEO of that startup, what are some lessons that you've learned about identifying the right people for the right role? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And we've been uh, hiring a lot of people over the last uh, six months. Our team has grown tremendously as our brand has, has grown uh, tremendously. Uh, the pandemic was challenging for us, but we, we weathered the worst of it. And in 2021, we've just seen an explosion in, in all things agave, uh, as well as the on-premise coming back in force, which has uh, allowed us to, to hire a lot of people. You know, we always talk about finding unicorns. And, and, and by that, we mean finding people who are, are hungry enough and, and junior enough that they want to be out in the field, that they want to be making new friends every single day out, um, that they want to get you know dressed up and, and, and go out and, and, and visit accounts as opposed to uh, doing all their work in front of their computer uh, in their pajamas. Uh, you know, it changed a little bit in, in parts of the pandemic where they may be wearing a button down shirt, doing calls on Zoom, but uh, not wearing pants. And, and that's that. And that was OK. So people that are that are hungry and want to go out there and work, uh, but also are are not too junior and and, and do have some experience. So um, it's really finding people that have. Uh, we're a small company. It's tough for us to hire somebody who has never uh, never worked in the liquor business. We just don't have the luxury of, of holding their hands and um, being able to teach them everything. So uh, they have to to really be able to hit hit the ground running. Uh, but they can't be at the same time too jaded to the business in it too long that they start to get lazy and they don't want to go out and, uh, and, and do their job. Which makes sense. If you're probably in the position too long, you think you've seen it all and think you know how it's working. So, and I, yeah, I, and, it's, I and, it's, and it's not an, and it's not an age thing. It's not a, it's, 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 it's a mentality thing. Do you still love going out and, and visiting eight to 10 beverage directors or bar owners, uh, every single day? And, uh, you know, I, I get, I get jazzed up doing that. It's, it's, it's one of the best parts of the job. I love the hospitality business. I love being in this industry. And if you don't do that and, and you get exhausted from it, and you can fake it for a while, but if you, if you really love what you do, um, you know, you can, you can have a long career of, of, of doing that. Key components of a brand's success. I, you probably would agree spirit brand, a restaurant, a bar, a hotel, whatever the brand is having core values and a mission and sticking to them. And if you don't, then your employees probably don't have a reason to buy into what you're doing. And I think I've read that you've got six rules that you ask your team to adhere to. So could you share one or two of those or if you're comfortable sharing all those rules? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, happy, happy, happy to share those rules. And you know, when we think about the culture at the company and, and what we're trying to build, we, we, we think about it in, in two ways. And 
know, the, the, the first way uh, before I get into the six rules is our hierarchy of, of stakeholders here at Tanteo. Um, we see that our, our success affects a lot of people. Our failure also <laughs> would affect a lot of people. And, and we want to make sure that we get those values right. So at the foundation of that is our employees at the company, whether it's our, our 25 sales and, and, and the marketing employees we have in the U.S. or our 45 people down at the distillery make, making Tanteo tequila every day. want to make sure that we're a positive influence on their life. And that doesn't mean that the job is easy, but ultimately that they can look back at their time at Tanteo, whether it's one year, whether they're a summer intern, or they're going to be a life, lifetime Tanteoers, that, that Tanteo has been a positive influence in, in their lives. We think if we can do that, it's going to trickle down to our customers, and our team is going to give great service to our customers. Uh, so they, they come second. And, and these, this, is, this idea of this hierarchy of stakeholders isn't unique to, to Tanteo. I actually ripped a lot of this from uh, Danny Myers setting the table. So uh, great, great, great business book uh, and, and great hospitality book, uh, the best one I've ever read. So employees, at, 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 you know, they're the foundation. It builds up then to our customers. From there, it goes to the broader community, whether that's our suppliers and our vendors that we use to buy our glass, uh, our, our, our labels or our corks uh, or our jalapeno peppers. Um, making sure that we are uh, a good partner to work with, um, but then also the communities that we uh, that we function in, and and that's a big part of uh, some of our charitable initiatives that hopefully we can talk about a little bit later as as well. So that's all really important. And then lastly, it it, it flows up. You know, we it's expensive to start a spirits company. Uh, you need to take outside investment. You're not going to run a profitable business year one. So uh, you know, ultimately, if you can do all those other things, uh, it should trickle down to to to, to your investors and and they should uh, be happy with you. But I see a lot of companies that get those priorities reversed and they're thinking you know, solely about their investors without thinking about all of the, the, the other stakeholders that, uh, that really depend on, on, on the success and, and the well-running of the business. But you know, in terms of our, our team, of, of what we ask them to, uh, to, to commit to the six rules of, of, of working at Tanteo. Uh, the first one comes from, from my background in, in, in theology and, and philosophy. It's keeping the workplace sacred. And what that means to me is you don't get in this line of work because you want to make the most money. There's, there's ways you, you, know, you can make a good living being in the hospitality business, but it's not the way to make the most money. You got to do this because you're passionate about it. You got to do this because you feel like this is more than a nine to five. It's something that defines you as a person um, that you get, you get fulfillment from. So uh, we want our, we ask all of our team members to, to take a lot of pride in, in their job. And that's a big part of, of, of my role in identifying you know, who would be a good member of Team Tanteo. Uh, they got to drink the Kool-Aid. They got to be excited about what we're doing. Uh, and, and, and that's that's front and center. Rule number two for us is, is follow the rules first, innovate second. Now, what that means, we are a 14-year-old startup company here at Tanteo. We've been around for a bit of time and we figured out some things that work. Um, we were probably too early, as I mentioned, to the spicy tequila game, but we figured out all of the challenges of building a spicy tequila brand, and, and we know not to do those now. So when somebody new comes on the team, we ask them, you know, learn what we've done first, respect the tradition. Not that the tradition is, is going to be forever. Things can change, and, and our company at this point, we're growing really fast. So that, you know, what rules worked five years ago might not work a few years from now. And we look for team members that are also innovative and think on their feet and can grow with the company. Um, so we, you know, knowing that the company today is, 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 is going to be different than the company tomorrow and people that are okay with that. 
Rule number three for us is, is about communication, communicate thoroughly and correctly. We just see communication as being in a, a really, uh, a way that a lot of companies break down. Uh, and especially in our business, there's just so many poor communicators uh, in this business, and really any, any, any line of work. And, and it's one of the easiest things to fix. So just make sure that you're communicating effectively, uh, making sure when you're sending emails that you're you getting to the point uh, Mark Twain had a, had a great quote. If I, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. And uh, we really push our team of, you know, think about what you actually want people to know about the brand. And, and, and you know, it comes to how we distill the Tanteo brand down. It's like, this is, this is what we're doing here. We're not trying to do a hundred different things. Let's stay focused. And let's try to make sure everybody knows that if you want the perfect spicy margarita, you reach for the perfect spicy tequila and that's Tanteo. Rule number four for us is about being present and punctual. Um, we're super buttoned up and on time, and we think that can uh, distinguish us at Tanteo. It really comes from my, my college track coach. If you were five minutes early, you were on time. If you were on time, you were late. And if you were 30 seconds late, you missed the bus. And he put the fear of God in you that uh, you would never, ever do that again. And uh, I'm not, I, I, I have difficulty getting angry, but try to get the team uh, jazzed up about being on time. And, uh, and, and think that that, uh, you know, so we, we, we started meetings on time here, which is not, is not a, <laughs> is not a given in, uh, in our line of work. A lot of people are pretty easygoing, but we got a job to do. Rule number five for us is about making things better. Uh, we don't see the liquor business as a zero sum game. We don't, uh, we think a lot of people are, are doing themselves a disservice by obsessing about the competition. Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's competition out there and, and we're aware of them, but we want to focus on ourselves. We want to compare ourselves to our, our, our former selves. Are we getting better each and every day, not to others? And then lastly, fire on the inside, but cool to the touch. So we got a lot of passion here at Tanteo, uh, but uh, we're in the liquor business. We're around liquor every day. You can't uh, let yourself go. That's an occupational hazard that, in our industry, we don't talk about enough, but um, you got to make sure that you can uh, you know, get home at a reasonable hour, get a good night's sleep and go and get back at it the next day. Hi there. Just a quick message before we get you back to this episode. If you're looking to take your bar, restaurant or hospitality business to the next level, I mean to profits of 12 to 15 percent or more, it's time to take action. Let's start creating your roadmap to success with our proprietary strategies, tools, resources that will inspire your team, activate your potential and lead your hospitality brand to margins you never thought possible. Visit krghospitality.com right after this episode for more information. Now back to the Bar Hacks podcast. You have a different business model and different relationship with mm -hmm. the people who helped Tanteo. So if you can explain your cooperative approach, which is very mm -hmm. interesting, and I'm wondering if it's not just specifically beneficial to Tanteo, but to, to key the production overall. And then you've alluded to it, but you also have some mm -hmm. charitable commitments, uh, yeah. one of those being waterway cleanups. So if you'd like to start with the cooperative and kind of go into what you're doing charitably, that'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. So when we think about sustainability at Tanteo, uh, we think about it comprehensively. And there's, there's economic sustainability, there's social sustainability, and there's environmental sustainability. So the foundation of Tanteo is the cooperative at Wanakatlan. Our distillery, known 1551, is the only cooperatively owned distillery. It was created in 2004 in a period, you know, so right now there's this agave shortage. 
where there's uh, uh, there, there's not enough agave on the market. The price has has risen uh, you know, tremendously, and and across the industry, people are struggling to get enough quality ripe agave. The opposite was occurring in 2004. Uh, the the agave growing cycle is is this boom and bust cycle for agave growers. So the price is really low. Farmers decide to not plant agave because the agaves take six to eight years to mature. They don't see the results of them deciding not to plant agave you know, uh, on year one. But if each year the price starts to creep up, starts to creep up, starts to creep up, and then you get to a point where it's really attractive to plant agave. So everybody starts to plant agave. Um, and they don't see the results of that uh, you know, year one, but a few years later, uh, a lot of agave is coming into the market and the cycle starts to turn down again. So uh, this, this, this is not the first time it's happened. Uh, it probably, unfortunately, will not be the last time that it happened. So in 2004, our distillery, uh, a lot of small farmers came together. You know, it was actually 84 families of, of, of farmers that uh, decided to start this cooperative. And they had all this agave that they could not sell. Um, or they could sell it, but it was for less than one peso a kilo, which, you know, uh, the, the exchange rate was a bit different back then. But today, that's, that's about five cents a kilo of agave, which is, is, is absolutely crazy when it takes six years for those agaves to mature. When you see the amount of, 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 of blood, sweat, and tears that goes to harvesting agaves and, and cultivating that land. Uh, so to, to do that, and only get five cents per kilo of agave. It's 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 just absolutely awful. Um, so in this this really dark dark hour, the eighty four families of agave growers came together and said, let's 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 try to make some tequila. So they founded the the cooperative of Winokatlan. Took them three years to to build the initial distillery, but by two thousand seven they were up and running and uh, making making their first tequila. Tantea, we came about we came to them in 2016. So before that date, we had worked with another uh, large distillery in the town of Tequila um, that was, you know, was, 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 was family owned, uh, but it was, it was one family. And uh, we wanted to spread the wealth a, a, a bit wider and really love the story of, of, of one Akatlan. Um, I originally met one of the members of the cooperative, uh, one of our team members down in Mexico, his name's Ernesto, uh, and he was playing, he had a, a Friday night dominoes game with uh, some of his uh, university friends. And one of them happened to be uh, the president of uh, this Agave Growers Association. He was also a member of the cooperative of Wanakatlan, and they started talking. And uh, you know, a few months later, I was I was there at the distillery, uh, drinking some of their initial tequila and being like, "Wow, this is this is this is really tasty." So we were very thankful to to partner with them. Uh, we have become the 85th member of the cooperative now, and uh, it's it's something that we we like to highlight. Our Blanco tequila is 85 proof. Uh, which is an homage to those uh, 85 members of the cooperative, the 84 families, as well as, as Tanteo being the 85th member. So that, that foundation of economic sustainability, of, of making sure that we have a business model that everybody benefits from. So we can pay, pay you know, a fair wage for our agaves, you know, we, we still are, are somewhat susceptible to, to, to market forces. Um, the price still fluctuates, but uh, we can hedge it in that our distillery, if the price of agave is, is low, um, they're making a little bit more money on their tequila. And when the price of agave is high, uh, we squeeze them, you know, we're, we're keeping our price at $39.99 uh, on the shelf every day. 
and uh, it, it gives them uh, in good times and bad, we're still making a decent profit. Um, sometimes we're making more money on our tequila. Sometimes we're making more money on, on the agave that we're growing. Um, but it, it, it allows the farmers to, to really hedge against these price fluctuations uh, that are, are endemic to uh, the agave growing industry. So that foundation, that economic sustainability, it really trickles through everything that we do here at Tanteo. You know, we want to be a good business partner. Uh, we want to, all of our, our, our partnerships with accounts, it's, you know, can we find ways that it's a win-win situation? And uh, we, got a, we got a product that makes it a little bit easier for your bartenders to make great spicy margaritas consistently and simply. Um, and, but you can also find a way to do that and, and grow your margins. So that economic sustainability is foundational. You know, from there, it's, it's the social sustainability. So the cooperative, we make cooperative decisions. It's frustrating sometimes, it, democracy moves slow, but when we make decisions about what we're gonna do at the cooperative, we need to get the sign off of, you know, uh, at least the majority of the 85 families and well, the 84 families in, in Tanteo. And, you know, that's, that, that can be challenging, but we do think it's the right way to do things. And we think ultimately we make slower decisions, but we make better decisions. Sometimes I'm, I'm frustrated. We had uh, built a new trash area at the, at the distillery. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it was six months of debate of should it go here? Should it go there? where we're going to put our trash room, but we got, we got it done and it looks beautiful <laughs> and everybody's happy. <laughs> so that social uh, sustainability is also uh, important. And, and then lastly is, is the environmental sustainability. And, and that uh, leads into a big initiative we have going on according here on, on, on January 24th, uh, but January 26th, uh, which happens to be the birthday of our late founder, Jonathan Rojeski. Um, uh, we have started a holiday. Uh, it used to be called Founders Day uh, after he passed that we've honored his legacy. But over the last two years, uh, we're celebrating National Spicy Margarita Day. Um, so we have uh, over 150 bars across the country that have signed up for the program, are, are serving spicy margaritas this week made with Tanteo. And for every cocktail sold at those participating bars, we'll be donating $1 to a number of, of local charities uh, focused on, on uh, cleaning rivers. One that is, that is dear to us is Unsalto Con Destino, a charity in the town of Wanakatlan and El Salto, uh, the two neighboring towns to our distillery uh, that borders the Rio Santiago, one of the largest rivers in Jalisco. And uh, unfortunately, a river that has been pretty polluted over the last 50 years by local industry. Um, Unsalto Condestino is, is looking, uh, it, it does a number of things from palliative measures that to help local residents that have been uh, uh, adversely affected by the river uh, to make sure that they have access to good health care, uh, et cetera. That, that's part of it. But the bigger goal there is, is cleaning up the Rio Santiago and stopping future pollution. Uh, but we're also partnering with friends of the LA River. Trinity River Association in Dallas uh, and a number of, of, of other charities across the country focused on cleaning up uh, rivers that are near into a lot of the different communities that Tanteo participates in. Can venues still sign up to participate? Yes, uh, although it's it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> we got we got we got 24 hours here before we're uh, we're officially there on National Spicy Margarita Day. But there's a lot of other ways to participate. We're doing a promotion on Instagram. Anybody to do the hashtag National Spicy Marg Day on January 26th. We will also be donating one dollar for every uh, every post with that hashtag to Unsalto Con Destino, the charity I, I, I talked about close to, to our distillery, and then also on the Tanteo store at www.tanteotequila.com. 10% uh, of all proceeds uh, this week will also be donated to Unsalto Con Destino. So I'm going to switch gears on you. 
and I'm gonna this is not an elegant way mm-hmm. to ask this but you're also a master blender and I have to ask how that happened yeah I think I have a, a pretty good palette I that came about and then there's no official certification for 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 that title but I make the blends of of Tanteo and how we make Tanteo tequila it's akin to how you would make a great blended scotch where you're taking lots of different single malts, blending them together with grain whiskey to create the flavor of Chivas Regal or Johnny Walker. I'm doing the same thing, but it's with macerates, uh, these really intense pepper uh, infusions. So we're infusing overproof Blanco tequila with peppers of various heat intensities. Uh, our most uh, popular is Tanteo jalapeno, where we take some jalapenos, we cut them in half, we hollow out the pith and the seeds, and we let those infuse in overproof tequila. Other times we do the discs of the peppers uh, that we cut with the pith and the seeds, and we let those infuse in overproof tequila. So these macerates are really, really intense. Um, I'm aging some of the macerates. Uh, some of the macerates are new and using different parts of the pepper for the different macerates. So I'm blending those together as well with additional Blanco tequila to create a consistent final flavor profile. You know, I learned from Jonathan who invented the first batch of Tanteo. He, he taught me everything that, uh, that he knew and uh, he, he had a lot of foresight. He knew that the company was gonna be bigger than him. And uh, I was the first person outside of him to, to know the recipe and know how to make Tanteo. And, uh, you know, uh, I was uh, fortunately and unfortunately he, he, when he passed away, it was, it was a terrible time, but I was able to, to continue the legacy, his legacy and, and continue making our tequila in the same way that we had done from, from, from when he was making the batches. So when you bring Tanteo to a new account or you're doing a training at an existing account, uh, what do you focus on and how do you recommend the bar team or the servers introduce Tanteo to a guest? So it's all about the spicy margarita and our sales team, our first thing we do every day in the morning is press limes and, and make some margaritas. So we care, we have a, a pretty intense uh, hard case that all of our sales team has. We have a bottle of each of our infusions, but we also have uh, swell bottles that we make in the mornings filled with spicy margaritas with our various uh, infusions. And uh, we walk into every sales call with that ready to go spicy margarita. Um, so we can taste bartenders, we can taste bar managers, we can taste consumers on how we, the brand is, is usually used, which is making a great craft cocktail. And uh, it's when the early days we would serve the tequila neat and we would say, imagine what this would taste like in a spicy margarita. But we've made it, it's, it's been a game changer for us when we can say, here's a spicy margarita made with Tanteo. Isn't that delicious? And our recipe is simple. It's a Tommy's margarita. Uh, so uh, three ingredients, Tanteo, two ounces of Tanteo, an ounce of fresh lime juice, and then three quarters ounce of agave nectar. And um, we, you can, uh, we like to say, pick your kick. Uh, so you can choose if you want our 85 proof Blanco, our spicy jalapeno, our smoky spicy chipotle, or our extra spicy habanero. So that's that's the pl- that's the place we want to start, and you know that's kind of the base canvas to paint off of. So you know we are carried at a lot of top cocktail bars across the country, and they have you know different 
uh, ways they're going to modify it. Are they going to add cucumber to that jalapeno margarita? Are they going to add watermelon? Are they going to add passion fruit to the habanero, blackberry to the chipotle, uh, chartreuse and Saint Germain and basil? And you know, there's 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 a whole list of of great additional modifiers we can do to a jalapeno margarita. But that's really the base canvas, and and usually you start that cocktail and then your the wheels start spinning, and, and a great bartender is going to have a lot of ideas of what to do next. I can see bartenders maybe replacing even like a, a smoky scotch in a cocktail and using Chipotle instead and making it a tequila drink or, or things like that. You mentioned the the lineup and not to put you on the spot, mm. but do you have a favorite expression? Well, you know, being in Brooklyn in the wintertime, it is pretty cold. Our office is, is it's an old carriage house and the heater is, is also about 100 years old. So it gets pretty cold here sometimes. Uh, the Chipotle is definitely my favorite cold weather expression. This got me through multiple waves of COVID, uh, was doing a Chipotle Negroni. Um, so I do that often. My wife's Italian, uh, so we, we drink a lot, of, uh, a, lot, a lot of Campari and uh, Italian wine when I'm not drinking Tanteo, but, uh, which, is, which is not too often. But <laughs> uh, the Chipotle Negroni is, is great. I, I won't say it's a, it's a crowd pleaser. You know, I, I, I love them, uh, but they're, they're probably not for everybody. In terms of what I drink usually when I'm out at our accounts uh, in the summertime, it's a, it's a habanero margarita with Tanteo. That is something that uh, recently I've just been, I've been, I've been craving quite a lot. How do you make your Tanteo Negroni? Is it still a one-to-one-to-one or is the recipe a little bit different? I, I do one and a half parts tequila, one part vermouth, and, and then one part Campari. There's a, a famous cocktail bar here in, uh, in New York, uh, Amor y Amargo, and, and they taught me their Negroni secret, which is two dashes of Angostura bitters as well. I'll have to try that. I actually have some Tanteo, so I'm going to have to give that a shot. <laughs> I know you're laser focused. You've got the core lineup, but... Do you do limited releases or do you have one in mind? Do you have new products mm-hmm. coming? We do. Uh, so this holiday season, uh, we launched Tanteo Navidad, which is our first aged expression. It was an 18-month aged Anejo tequila infused with Christmas pepper. It's also called a Pequin chili. It's a, it's a, special, uh, a special chili that we use. And then a lot of holiday spices. So we uh, mix some, some uh, ginger, clove, nutmeg, cinnamon, and also a little bit of chocolate into the tequila as well. Uh, and this was very well received. It's going to be tough to find now, <laughs> uh, but we're hoping to bring it back for holidays of, of 2022 as well. Uh, we got some other things in, in the pipeline as well, but they're not at the point that I can uh, publicly disclose them at this point. So before we go, is there a bit of trivia Relating to Tanteo that maybe most people don't know. Yeah, I think uh, you know one thing we don't, uh, we, and we have no, we have no affiliation with uh, with, with him. But uh, our town, Wanakatlan, it's a it's, it's a small town about an hour south of Guadalajara, and uh, it's a town of, of just under ten thousand people, uh, pretty 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 small. Uh, but one of the most famous Mexicans today is also from the town of Wanakatlan, and that's the boxer Canelo Alvarez. So uh, he has no association with the brand, but he's kind of the, uh, there's two prides of, of Wanakatlan and it's the distillery and Canelo. So that's, that's something uh, not too tied to the brand, but tied to the, definitely the town uh, that, we're, that we're involved in. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you coming on. One more time, can you share the social and the website? 
you can go tanteo.com, tanteotequila.com, tanteospirits.com. They'll take you to the same spot. And uh, we're at Tanteo Tequila on any social platform that you might follow. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. I appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Bar Hacks podcast produced by KRG Hospitality and hosted by me, David Clem. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Follow us on Twitter at AskBarHacks and Instagram at BarHacks. Talk to you soon.